0: Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is Tuesday, the twenty seventh 27th 27th of November. 27th of November. We've been away for a little while. It, we have been. Uh, it's it's because uh, our schedules are very are very busy. Uh, I've also had a a baby. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether or
1: not I could reveal that news. I didn't. Right. I didn't I mean, I, look. I didn't well, know let's, how.
0: First of all, let's not be fake news. My wife had the baby. Mm-hmm. I did not. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing and worth talking about. I've seen and, the movie and Junior. And it can and Weird enough. Um, so, yeah, that, that was something. But that but people are saying, like, why haven't you made podcasts? Well, it's a lot of things. Like, we do stuff on the air, and then I've been dealing with this thing, this th- creature living in my house. Um, but enough about your in-laws. Exactly. Hi-oh! <laughs> 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 um, and all that. And then, like, you know. <laughs> not missed a beat. You've got stuff, and yeah, I've got stuff. We've got exactly. out. When we get in here, it's like, we got things to do. But anyway, but anyway we, we're we've been wanting
1: this. to be back. We apologize for the absence. We plan to start doing this more right. regularly and steadily again. it's
0: always been the plan so sure. we'll see how it goes um anyway so a lot to talk about today lakers we're about a quarter of the way through the season it's kind of amazing It's co- it's come and gone pretty quickly we're about a quarter of the way through the lakers after a two and five start or 11 and eight and uh we'll play tuesday night in denver and then play four in a row at home so they have a chance andy you know when you once you get to that'll put them about 24 games they have a chance to be 14 and 9 15 and whatever that is 15 and 9 uh somewhere around there and if you'd asked me in the preseason if the Lakers after 24 games would be 15 and 9 I probably would have said no that would have felt ambitious. that would have felt a little high not impossible because we knew
1: that they were entering this stretch of the schedule fairly early on so as long as they were 500-ish. Ish? you know heading into november with at they, 11
0: and 8 they're a little even if they lose tonight
1: you know right. they're, they're it wouldn't uh, have seemed impossible right. but it definitely would have felt ambitious right
0: it's it, it would have been on the high side um mm-hmm. so they're they're playing pretty well particularly when you consider again they started 2 and 5 so to be at 11 and 8 after that you know uh, that's that's 9 and 3 according to my math so it means you're playing pretty good basketball obviously they're not perfect. We'll talk about the free throw problems and the, the turnover problems. And well, all it's that actually kind of stuff. one of the things in and
1: of itself that I find interesting about this team, and it's something that uh, I wrote about for The Athletic that should be uh, publishing later today. For people who are not aware, you and I are covering the team for The Athletic, part of some really good Lakers coverage. You absolutely should be subscribing went a few weeks without hearing about that but no
0: i mean if if people don't know it's it's certainly no fault of yours but one of the one of the things i found
1: interesting though in terms of just trying to gauge where this team is at is during the eight and three november stretch so far as of this recording the lakers win differential differential is plus Mm 1.7 which is basically just a basket better than the minus .12 that they were when they were 3-5 and in October. Yeah. Which lets you know they're playing better, but not necessarily that much No, it's not like
0: they're just blowing people
1: out. It's, it's 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 interesting because it just speaks to how this team, while playing better, and I would not try to deny that, they're still a very difficult team to get a beat on.
0: Well, there are certain things that they've done better at that I think people thought. Like, you know, for example the outside shooting, and we can get into this, you know, there's some of the reasons, but the outside shooting, the three-point shooting, has been better than most people expected. LeBron has a lot to do with that. Oh, yes. Josh Hart has, has shot the ball well, but it's also because they're, they're not going crazy with the amount of threes they're taking. There's still a bottom third team in the amount of threes that they take per game, and even more towards the bottom of the league if you look at it as a percentage of the shots that they take. And so, you know, and I asked Luke about this the other day, like, hey, you guys are hitting at a top 10 rate. Do you want to take more? And he said, absolutely not. We are happy with how this is going. This is the ratio we want because we don't want to be a team who starts to identify themselves as a quote-unquote three-point shooting team. That's not our identity. We still want to go to the basket.
1: Well, also, too, they are not, as a team, good enough at it yet. Even with the improvement, because, again, LeBron has been a massive part of this. In November, he's 46%, shooting, shooting yeah. 46% from three, taking six and a half, like basically six and a half threes a game. I did the math on this. If you remove LeBron, his marksmanship and the volume from what the Lakers are doing, it drops almost three percentage points just by removing LeBron, which makes them a considerably worse sure. three-point shooting team. And the reason you don't necessarily want more of it is because, A, you expose the relative weakness beyond LeBron. Like you said, Josh Hart is shooting well, but that was the one guy you and I both thought would be right, shooting yeah.
0: off. The, the guy they're missing, in terms of percentage, weird as it is, is Rondo.
1: Yeah, but, but the volume isn't there with him. But also, too, with LeBron taking as many threes as he does, which, again, he's killing it, ideally speaking, the other guys space the floor for LeBron
0: LeBron doesn't space the floor for sure, minute. but you know what? That doesn't bother me just because I mean, I actually I, we talked about this yesterday. I, I was doing spectrum with uh with Geeter and BT, um, and this question came up like, is it do you are you, of the LA Times yeah, are you really okay with uh LeBron taking this many threes? And the answer for me is a yes, especially while he's hitting 47 percent of them. Um, but even if that percentage gets back down closer to 39, 40, where he's kind of been for the last few years, I don't need him crashing you know the the paint every single time he has the ball like it's just it's not necessary um the the question for the lakers is just going to be you know do when lebron cools off a little bit you know somebody else is going to have a streak where they're hitting them well do you start to force it and i hope they don't because you know what walton is saying is exactly right you know in theory kuzma and i'm trying to pull up his percentage right now he's 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 been disappointing from three. I've got got November up in front of him right now. Uh, November, Kuzma shooting 31%. Okay, right. So let's say he recovers a little bit to 35, 36. You know, KCP started to recover. He's had a bad couple games. but He's at 36% the November. The Lakers stick around this 36% figure that they're at right now. That's perfectly good. And it's better than we expected. And I think that is somewhat sustainable. But you're right. You don't want them to start doing more of that. The thing, we'll sort of skip to the or maybe something later on the agenda, but as long as we're talking about it. The thing that is also predictable, like when you talk about this team and you know, what we thought coming in, was the free throws. Um, they're not shooting them well. We saw that on Sunday against Orlando. They missed 11 of the 31 that they took. But you know, when you go away and you look at the numbers, Andy, though it's this is one of those things that I don't know how they fix it because their best free throw shooter is k c p who's never been a volume guy and is not going to be on this team. Ingram is shooting about his career averages. LeBron is shooting exactly his career averages uh Lance is a way above him, so low volume there, and you expect some regression anyway. The only thing that they can do to fix this problem, really, is take more of them. And I found that number, they're a bottom third team both in percentage of makes, which we sort of predicted, but also the amount that they're taking. That I didn't. I thought they'd get to the line, especially based on the preseason and what they were doing in the preseason. I thought this team, with their fast breaks and with the amount of guys that put the ball on the floor and get to the rim, and with the addition of LeBron, I thought they'd be taking more free throws.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get why you would think that. But one thing that we saw early on, and Luke Walton has complained about it to the point where he's been fined, but you know, it was something that he considered an investment. They've got a lot of young guys in terms of the ones that attack. And outside of Brandon Ingram, who I think does get to the line a reasonable amount. Yeah, he was a top, I think tied for, you know, top 20 something last year. Guys like Kuzma and Hart, they're still putting their name out there. And it's going to, unfortunately, it's not fair, take time for them to actually get to the line the amount of times that they deserve. Particularly Josh Hart, who is not even known as a scorer at this point in his career. The guy attacks a lot. He only shoots threes or he attacks. He, he is like Mori ball personified. And Josh Hart does not have that type of referee respect yet. And he's just going to have to build it by continuing to attack, not getting the whistles, shutting up and getting back on defense. And Lonzo, like, sucks to say it, but it does. No,
0: you're right. And like somebody like Lonzo, who has been more aggressive getting to the rim, still isn't aggressive in trying to draw contact. Oh,
1: no, he's aggressively trying trying not not to. to.
0: And so, like, there's some guys who do this, like, you know, like James Harden, who is the, you know, the, the God of Almighty of this. You know, get, is going there specifically to get the whistle. Sometimes the shot is secondary. Lonzo's the exact opposite. It's like I'll go down there, but I'd prefer if nobody touched me on the way because I don't. I, I that's not how I want to get the points. No, he's like Travolta in the boy in the plastic bubble, don't, don't, or or in uh, Saturday Night Fever. Don't touch my hair.
1: Oh well, he doesn't want you to touch anything. <laughs> I thought, hair. but
0: I thought you were going with no. Well, don't touch my hair.
1: No, I'm talking boy in the plastic bubble, where literally John Travolta couldn't be touched. Right.
0: Would it? improve or weaken his percentages at the rim were he allowed to go to the basket in a plastic bubble ostensibly one with a hole at the top
1: that's too complicated Lon- lonzo <laughs> okay here perfect seg to the next uh All right. topic we are going to discuss lonzo we, already lonzo thank you for allre- not taking us down that route lonzo already has effed up enough fundamentals the idea of trying to adjust those fundamentals because to where he's shooting bubble? from yeah. inside a plastic bubble that ain't gonna work All
0: right, let's talk about this because this came up last week. I was I was sitting in with Mason and on on ESPN LA, and this was a it sort of organically came up, and I think it's kind of a fascinating topic and one that is really important uh, for the Lakers going forward, but also a really good way of figuring out how the young guys have played. You got the four guys: Lonzo, Ingram, Hart, uh, Kuzma. Which of those guys have improved their stock in terms of trade value over the first? we'll say 20 quarter, you know, 20 games quarter pull. Who's held and who's fallen. Let's start with Lonzo. Because he's a guy who over the last 3 games has started to look more like the guy that people hoped he would be in terms of aggressiveness in terms of being involved in the game. Those first couple games when Rondo was injured, it was still like where's Lonzo? Um, last three, it's like you knew he was there. He was making an impact throughout.
1: I think Lonzo's largely held to this point. I I don't think he's gone down because he's had, like you said, these recent few games. And when Rajon Rondo was suspended, Lonzo actually played pretty well. But Lonzo's also had a lot of percentages are up. Lonzo's also had a games where a lot of games where he's disappeared, and I think people see that. And there's such a perception about Lonzo anyway that needs to be broken. That at this point I would say he's probably held steady, but that's fluid and probably more susceptible to going down than up.
0: And I would and I will say I think he's I think his trade value would be has gone down. I think his stock around the league has gone down. Not in the sense that um, people don't think he could still be a good player. But uh, Pete Zayas, who also writes for The Athletic and does great breakdowns of Yet another rugby. reason you ought to be subscribing. Yeah, or you know, we read him all of his stuff. Just follow Pete and you'll find his stuff. Um after subscribing. Right. Subscribe and then realize that some of it's available for free. But don't worry about that. He had a great video out earlier this week that broke down Lonzo's increased aggressiveness and some of the problems that he has Yeah to uh, we
1: retweeted that at yeah. Cam Brothers so you can
0: find it, find it there. And it reinforces a lot of what Andy and I have been saying uh, for a while, which is some of his fundamentals are non-existent. It's not even that they're weird, like you know, they're they're goofy, they're whatever. It's like he there are certain things that fundamentally speaking he doesn't do. He does a lot of things that are. Like kind of mold breaking and unusual and like, wow, they really open your eyes. But there are certain things that are just basic basketball stuff, jump stops, how he finishes at the rim, how you take off and all these other things that he's he's clearly never been taught because LeVar, who was his basketball coach and basketball teacher, gave him a philosophy of how to do stuff very clearly. And it's a great one. And I don't fault LeVar for that. But I think you could make an argument, Andy, having watched this thing over the last couple of years. LeVar is not necessarily a stickler for detail.
1: I mean, that look look at the way he runs businesses. He's all big ideas, no details, and sometimes no realism in terms of what he's actually attempting to do. And you know, he was very cart ahead of the horse in terms of the way that he was marketing and uh, branding Lonzo, I think to his own detriment and i think that you know it, that is embodied by the way he developed lonzo as a player which was very much seven steps ahead of right. the foundation
0: that needed to be well, built but, and, to really make him as great as and, he could and be and because every team that lonzo played on with levar was tailored to lonzo and tailored to the other kids and uh and the you know the other ball kids and and, and that the 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 holes in how he played those fundamental flaws Weren't as important because they, you know, they avo- they were avoided, and well, so- also you're playing against high school kids. But also, or, sure, or, there's no question. Or but- you know, one
1: season at UCLA, it's a lot. It, it's like what you know, I covered a uh, USC this year for ESPN LA, uh, doing USC pregame. JT Daniels, some of the problems he has as a quarterback, they're a lot easier to get away with. When you're playing in but
0: high school, no versus you know, as a true freshman at USC, there's no question. But my point isn't it just that it's that he was. Ne- I, I I am guessing, just flat never taught these things. Sure, never. It was never a point of emphasis. because I, It was I, just never made. I have one. no doubt. Right, and so you know again. his coach was too busy coming up with different shirts and sneaker designs. And so, I think for when you when you start to break down film and you start to look at these things, and you know on the one hand, if you compare his. Shooting percentages—they're up. His efficiency is up. His finishing at the rim is up. You know, his percentages last year—he he only hit 42% of his two pointers. This year, it's 45%. Inside three feet, he was uh, 49% last year. Now he's up to 58%. Some of the more of those dunks um, this year because he's a little stronger, um, and the three-point shooting is better. Um, and so, you know, there there are some encouraging things. But as you start to break down tape on him, I, 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 my question is how many teams are going to want to invest in the, the, the upside, so to speak, the, if we can fix X, Y, and Z, if he can come around and learn these three skills, whatever it might be. And how many are going to be scared off by the, wait a minute. Yeah, I get it. He's still young. He's 20, 20 or 21. He is 21, 21. Um, but he doesn't know how to do these things. And like, I may never have been taught. Not even just like he's not good at it. Like you have to teach him this skill. And so I don't know if his appeal is growing around the league because there are still obvious holes in his game. Here's a good
1: way to I don't know. Here's a good way to gauge it because I think we're we're going to end up seeing this at some point this season. What does Markell Fultz eventually get traded for? Like what's the what's the haul for Fultz because he's far more broken, if you want to put it that way, than Lonzo Ball. Like Lonzo Ball is a function, you know, a, I'd I'd even go so far as this. he's somewhere between functional and highly functional NBA player, even if he hasn't come close to meeting that hype. Fultz is not even a functional NBA
0: player at this but, point. But he arrived in the league, but he's as a, a guy who was like much more like okay, right? I know but what he, that but is. he's got
1: injury issues, right, and, right, and right, right sure. now,
0: his own version of fundamental issues,
1: right? Like his sure. his shooting technique is all jacked up at this point. That, that but it, g- it,
0: my 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 point being is if you could restore Fultz to what you knew what he was, what you knew what you at least what you thought he was coming out of Washington. I, Is something that was more predictable than what maybe. But the flip side is what
1: what you have in Lonzo Ball already is more well rounded than what you have in Fultz. So again, I would look. I would look at Fultz. Fix
0: Fultz's shooting,
1: but but you don't know that you can. I'm saying if you can't fix either one of them, I wouldn't trade for. but, But the point being though, if you can't fix either one of them, Lonzo has more he can bring to the table right now
0: than Fultz, and it's not even close. That's fine, but Fultz has. Fultz's trade value, I, I, in, in some respects, I agree with you. Okay, yeah, if, you know, you can keep an eye on that. I'm just looking to answer the question. But, but, you you but, were but, asking about if, what if his trade value would but be. But if that's if that's the measurement you're using, the Lakers are in trouble. If they feel like they need to trade Lonzo. Sure. If you're, I mean, if you're saying he's still got more value than Fultz, because Fultz's trade value is I'm not I'm not saying that's the be-all, end-all measurement. I'm just saying it could give you some type of indicator in okay. terms of what you might receive. I. I think the, the the question really just becomes with Lonzo, like, is he, is he, like, somebody asked me this morning, again, we get this question all the time, what's his comp? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't come up with one. And that speaks to both the fact that he is potentially a genuine, not even like a unicorn in the sense that we use this word for these, like, really could be, like, there isn't a guy who is going to play He's like him. He's a really unusual player. No question. But, you know, like, or is he like, kind of like a platypus? Where he's like, not he's he's not a mammal, and he's not a bird, and he's not a... It's like, what is that? It's interesting, but it doesn't help me. Was he too unusual to figure out what to do with it? I mean,
1: something I've been harping on, you know, towards the end of last year, but especially this year, is Lonzo's tendency to be low usage, which when he first came in the league was something so incredibly celebrated about him. You know, the, the way he'd push the ball forward, and the way he was always looking for the open teammate. It'd be fun to play with him. And, you know, you run the break, and he finds you halfway down the court. Except as more time has gone along, you worry that he's kind of a gimmick player. Like in in terms of... I mean, Tavon star- Austin of right, basketball. He's, he's, yeah, he, and he's starting to become, I, I think, he's starting to become more hands-on in the way he approaches sets and starting to keep the ball in his hands a little more and more directly dictating the action. But that sort of unicorn factor starts to flirt with gimmick factor. If he doesn't
0: blossom in different he's ways, he's got to do other stuff. And yes, like and in, in this goes back again to how he was taught to play, and like this, there, like, is he capable? I've used the the comparison before. Sometimes I watch him feeling like he feels like he's playing the the this curated character of Lonzo Ball. He's been taught to play in such a specific way that he almost feels like he can't play in another way because that's not how he's supposed to do it, or he doesn't know how. And if the answer is he doesn't know how, it's a bigger problem than just breaking him of some of those uh, I-gotta-be-like-Lonzo-type habits that, that have built up over time.
1: I, I guess. I mean, the flip side is it depends on how much that influence still rings true for him. Because because not That's my point. Because of the inf- if the influence, though, is the number one thing as opposed to just needing to be taught— the the influence could lead to a lack of reception towards being taught.
0: We'll see. I mean, I, I, that part I haven't I haven't heard anybody say he's a me winner. neither. I just don't. You just it may don't not know. be willful lack of reception, but it still it may, may be, be cap- a lack of reception. May not be capable is, is, what, is what I'm getting at. Um, but still, obviously, a lot of time. But man, is he a fascinating player. Um, let's look at Kuzma. So I, I think Lonzo's gone down. You're you're holding steady. I think Kuzma's value has gone down. I would agree. Um, and I say this because the numbers aren't awful this year. He's averaging – It hasn't
1: plummeted, but no, I would say averaging relative to last year.
0: game. He's shooting 46, 47% basically from the field. Three-point percentage is not good. That's about 31%. Um, but I don't feel like he's done anything different than last year. He's not elevated over what he was last year. And because he's older, um, and people don't think of him as an old guy, he's a second-year player, but he's 24, I believe, 23, 24. 23 um bad at age. That by NBA standards, you start to people start to look at you as much more of a finished product and he's still not a great rebounder. He's still not a a you know a polished three-point shooter. He's still he's a terrible defender. I wonder if teams are starting to look at him more as a great you know six-man guy. But not, which was, and, by the
1: way, the goal I had for him entering which, this season. I thought, I thought he should
0: be gunning for six man of the year, and I thought was a great. Literally, like, if gunning you find in his a case. guy who's a six man of the year candidate in the late twenties of your draft. That's great, but there was still I think this idea was that he could be an elite level scorer. I don't see it. Maybe he can be. I just don't see if you're if he's not going to be good at all this other stuff. He needs to be elite as a scorer, and I just don't see that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I know this is something you and I have both talked about, Brian. Um,
1: is that for all the talk about how Kuzma is this alpha male, aggressive scorer who always looks for a shot, which is true? He's really not functionally that much better, if at all, of a scorer than Brandon Ingram, whoever, who everybody gets on for not being aggressive enough as a scorer. Like when it when it all evens out in the wash, Kuzma I think is a more versatile scorer and a more polished scorer, and he's got more bags, more tricks in his bag. But is he actually a
0: better scorer? No. I mean, go but no. last, they Last year, they averaged, and I'm not using literally in the way the kids do. I mean, they literally averaged 16.1 yes. points per With game. With Julius Randle, too. Right. Which was really kind of cool. It's a three way tie. Um How random is that? Pretty. Um, but, like, you know, and so this year, in about the same amount of time, about the same, you know, the, 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 the shots of, or the scoring's gone up three-tenths of a point per game he's basically the same guy and so I think if you're again you're looking at him as somebody who you would put as a centerpiece in a big franchise altering trade it's not that teams wouldn't be interested in Kuzma it's would you give up star a as part you know how how much does Kuzma get you back and I thought over the summertime that Kuzma's trade value would never be higher than what it was at the end of last year.
1: You may, I mean, look—it's obviously early to determine what his trade value is for it the is rest not, of like this is se-
0: this is settled, Andy.
1: You know, I mean, what could be like you know, ten, fifteen-year career, but oh, hey, but, but th- what I, I could also, be wrong by Thursday, of course. But what also, though, I mean, as far as Kuzma's perception around the league, and I feel bad for him in this sense because it was not his fault. He already has rightly a reputation as a bad defender, but the period where he was being asked to play small ball center accentuated that even more oh, right. and became a storyline that, again, was not his fault and he was put in that situation by the front office. It's no question. But, but it put even more of a focus on what Kuzma doesn't do well right. in a way that only hurts that overall perception if you were looking to put him on
0: the ball. Because if today's, in today's NBA... The 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 if Kuzma could do it, if he's like you got him out there and it's like wow you know he's holding his own out there that is the kind of thing that boosts him yes. tremendously yes because that's the new NBA in the way that Josh Hart for example and it will get to him
1: his ability to guard down low anyone power forwards or centers much less his own position in the post that has only enhanced his trade value I would think yeah
0: it just general rule if you're not going to be you know if you're not going to be great at a lot of things you need to be elite at something and i i just i don't see it in kuzma he's an elite dresser he is and he's an elite personality He's a really good player that's not my point i mean i I i've no i'm not shoving kuzma out the door but i don't think the lake i don't think he's grown more valuable over the first 20 games um let's do hart next because he's the easiest one to answer it's going up by a i mean skyrocket yep um, Began he, with the showing in the summer league, and it's only gotten better since then. the The
1: worst thing that's happened with Josh Hart is over the last few games, struggling with that ankle injury, right?
0: Which is clearly affecting him on the court. I don't think there's anybody of that young group that has enhanced his value more than Josh Hart.
1: Ironically, no, he's also the guy that maybe you'd be the most reluctant to deal because of the four he's fit most seamlessly with LeBron. Some of that has to do with you know the lack of responsibilities compared to. Ingram or Lonzo, in terms of what you're asking Hart to do, right. he's being asked to play far more to his natural strengths, and you know, in a in a much less intrusive way. But also, too, I mean, playing alongside LeBron really, I think, has enhanced one of Josh Hart's best traits that you and I both love. He does not f
0: around when he gets the ball. No. He makes quick decisions, and he just does it. And I think what it would really emphasizes too, which is something that enhances his value, is he's one of those guys that. There isn't a system that you put him in where he's not going to be able to play well. No, he's going to be, be mean, just fine. When you look at you look around the league at some of these teams that are in a lot of turmoil, like you you go to Washington, for example. Bradley Beal is not an elite player. He's all star caliber. I mean, you know, he's made all star teams and he's really good. Linked to the Lakers of late, he has. Part of the appeal of Beal is that he can kind of play anywhere. Like what he does is you know he can he can shoot he can spot up he can score he he's can, a b-level you know, clay right, thompson right and like you b-plus can, level you can clay put thompson that anywhere and it and it will probably work whereas other guys are a little harder to fit in but you know with what hart is doing and his ability to defend multiple positions um the 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 intelligence with which he plays he has shown that last year's three-point shooting was not at all fluky he's shooting you know Basically, the same percentage as he was last year, and he can and he can hit threes from anywhere. He can yes. hit him straight away. He can hit him from the corners, a little he's bit just in between. A really good player, yes, he the, is. The, the the part that I think is hard for the Lakers if you try to figure, out, oh, well, God, how can we figure this out? He's still the one with the lowest ceiling, mm-hmm. and so he is. I mean, and his, the lowest he is, salary, true, but he's not going to be a superstar like Josh Hart is never going to be that guy. Some people, John Ireland, think that Kuzma could be. I don't. I don't Steven even A. Smith seems to think he could be. I don't either. I don't. Um, but there I think are, he's going to be good, but not He's at already that level. good. Yes, but not at that level. Not at that level. Lonzo, again, could be an all-star, could be a platypus. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Um, that
1: Lonzo just offers more possibilities so correct. far than Kuzma.
0: Much the, less hard. The The hard one here is still Brandon Ingram. And, <sighs> and what he is this year versus last um it's hard to say he's regressed because I don't think that's fair. I mean he's struggled I think to fit in with LeBron. I was going to say wh- there is
1: nobody among the young players and I would say nobody on this team who's being asked to adjust more Correct. with LeBron and b- being given more responsibilities
0: to juggle than Ingram. It's not even close. And when you start to break it down, you know, the scoring like the per 36 minute numbers from la- you know relative to last year are almost identical the only thing that's down are assists which you would expect because rondo is here lonzo is here uh lebron LeBron is here i mean like he does doesn't need to distribute the ball the same way the rebounds are about the same the scoring is slightly up per minute last year similar to kuzma about half a point um he's still trying to get to the rim he's not as successful there because there's more traffic the context around him has changed. Yeah, you wrote a radically. good piece
1: about that for the Athletic.
0: Yeah, like if you if you go back last year and you look at it, the, the, Lonzo fed the most assists to Brandon Ingram, and the ball and the the ba- the buckets that Ingram was assisted on. Second and third were Randall and Lopez. Gives you an idea of where like where the ball was coming from, how the floor was spread. This year, you get past LeBron. I'm, I haven't looked it up this week, but I don't, I still don't know if he's got more than two or three assists from any other big. It's all guards. I mean,
1: you know, JaVale is hardly
0: an it's assist a machine. Tyson Chandler, not a passer. Kyle Kuzma, not a passer. Uh, you know, so, you know, Michael Beasley hasn't played. But if he did, not a passer. So it, the the whole context of the offense is different. And this, you know, it's it's the, the big question. Uh, you know, Sedano and I were talking about this yesterday. On the one hand, like, you can look at it and say, well... He's got, he can figure it out or whatever, and you know you can figure out how to play him with LeBron because the the on off the splits when he plays with LeBron versus when he doesn't with Ingram are staggering. Like he is so much more productive when when he's playing, and LeBron's not on the floor. Obviously, the Lakers have to figure that out because you have to play them together. They're the two best players on the team. But if you're trying to figure out, do I want to trade for that guy? Does the fact that he's struggling to play with LeBron make you go... I don't know if he... Here's the thing, though. I don't know if he's totally struggling he's to struggling play. He's struggling relative to when he does. Right.
1: But there. But if you look at his numbers with LeBron, they're not bad. They're not bad no, they're numbers just, way better without Right, Right. But, but some of that, That's though, true. has to do with just he has more opportunity without LeBron. So I actually think that's a bad way to look. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just saying no, I don't but, think that's a but, good way
0: of looking at it. But also too, like, you know, the the, t- the as a combo, the team plus minus with with the Ingram Lonzo Ingram Ingram LeBron combo is a negative. When he's with other guys, he's like the LeBron and Hart is like all But if you trying. but
1: but this is what makes it all so screwy is if you look at just like the November numbers, like LeBron has the lowest offensive rating of anybody who matters. Like if you start going through like a lot of this is difficult to get a beat on. Right. Some of that has to do with the fact that no matter
0: similar how Alonzo's like defensive splits are god awful right, and despite so, the fact you look at it and go, it seems like he's doing
1: what some he's of this to has do. to do with the fact that LeBron is the one guy win or lose. you know will be on the court. At the end of games, so if they lose games or if they, you know, they lose a lead, that's going to negatively affect LeBron. If the offense happens to struggle, even independent of LeBron, he's going to be out there when that happens. But I'm just saying, like, you start going through some of these different numbers, like, you know, in the fourth quarter, in November, like, Ingram has been more of a positive than LeBron, even think, though obviously LeBron is a better right. and more productive positive player I think than Ingram, Ingram. And
0: I think Ingram's played reasonably well. And I'm expect, but I'm an Ingram honk, and I expect the big leap to be coming. And I know you're an Ingram honk too. But like, just but think about this from a GM perspective, sort of, enter, like, just with the premise of he's struggling to play with LeBron, or it's not as good when he plays with LeBron. He's not as dominant when he plays with one of those guys. Does that make you say? Okay, well, but look what he does without LeBron. Or do you say, well, wait a minute, but what if we have another star? Like, he, can he, is he one of these guys who kind of either needs to be the star or he's going to have, you're not going to be able to extract as much value? Or is he kind of what we thought he was, which is one of these dudes who you can put next to anybody and get a really good player?
1: I mean, some of this has to do with, I mean, to be perfectly blunt, LeBron. LeBron is not easy to learn to play with I mean like the best case in point you can look at is him and Dwayne Wade coming together Dwayne Wade when they joined up was already a finals MVP a
0: multiple time all star and in a world without Kobe Bryant is the best shooting guard
1: right you know he was the consensus already by then like number three perhaps shooting guard of all time behind MJ and Kobe and also LeBron and Wade had already played together on two Olympic teams and were best friends. And it took them over a season to
0: figure this out. And by the way, that's with Chris Bosh right. there to help grease the wheels. And Bosh being like, fine, you guys figure it out. I will be the third wheel. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, you're right. That took over
1: a season. And somehow the idea of, well, if, if LeBron and Ingram haven't figured this out in 19 games, something's wrong, the F is wrong with you people. Yeah. Like I, That's just a dumb
0: way of looking at that's it. a good point. It's, Andy, we got to get this going, man. We don't have. I mean, look, my God, twenty five. Kobe games. and Powell fit together from
1: literally the first time they played. It was like they played together for twenty years. How many games did you and I spend in the locker room afterward after they won titles, watching them answer questions about whether or not Kobe was too aggressive or Powell was too passive? And this was like after they won two championships.
0: Yeah. Let's guess let's What would you? I I would say Ingram is basically what he was before in terms of trade value. I think if you li- if you liked him, you still like him. If you didn't, you know, I I, think I would think I any think GM held- who's really paying attention, I think would feel held, that way. I think he's held steady. Yes, I certainly don't think he's gone down.
1: I think I think the perception of him around the league, maybe from scribes or
0: certainly fans, has gone down. And and within well, sure. In part because there's this big, you know, there was a the expectation that he would just crush people from the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. which may not have been fair, uh, as you point out. And also, too, just like the weird Kuzma or yes Ingram thing. It's very Rachel or you know Monica or whatever it was, like Rachel or Ross or whatever the thing. Like you have to choose. I, I don't get it. Like I want them both to be good, right? Um, but anyway, you you brought up something real quick before we get out of here that I thought was interesting when you talk about Kobe and Powell. One of the weird talking points, and I get why, is because they came off the road trip and LeBron basically delivered a bunch of, of wins and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's come out of that, though, is this question of whether or not the Lakers are too reliant on LeBron. Like, is this a double-edged sword and all this other stuff? And it's not an unreasonable thing to ask and you've got to learn how to play. You don't want to stand around and all that kind of stuff. But it's, to me, it's just been a really uh, a huge reminder of how long it's been since the Lakers had that guy because this is the question, to go back to Kobe, do the Lakers stand around and watch Kobe too much? Is Powell too passive? Is everyone else too passive? Are they reliant too much on 24? This is a conversation that every team with a superstar yes. has. They have it with James Harden and Houston. All of them. Are they too reliant? They, do they stand around and let him do everything? This is what superstars are for. Like, be, to to solve this problem because you know what's much worse than being too reliant on your superstar not having one and then you win 27 games a year like the lakers have for the last few like it, 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 it's just funny to me like that this has become something that people are concerned about it, it's like the greatest first world problem the lakers it, fans could come it's up a with.
1: first world problem but here's where i would say it's actually a tangible problem is because you've got these four kids that whether you are thinking of them as cornerstones moving forward with LeBron or you want to increase their trade value, Mm -hmm. they have to develop. And right now, and this was something that I I wrote about heading into the season before the Lakers had even officially signed LeBron, that if you were going to bring in LeBron, those kids would officially start developing in service of LeBron as opposed to how they would fully develop without him. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just reality. So it makes it complicated in terms of the standing around factor because it's one thing if Pau Gasol or Lamar Odom, uh, Ron Artest, they're standing around watching Kobe. Those guys are all veterans. They're all fully formed players. When Ingram or Alonzo or Kuzma or Hart sit around watching LeBron, that's time that they're not actually forming as players.
0: So I think that is no, something I, you, no, you have I to understand. consider. That part I understand, but it's like the, the just like I'm not saying t- trade LeBron. T- I'm just no, saying obviously not. But the, just the whole question of like being too reliant on your. It's just complicated. Star, it, it is, and it changes. Like you know, you know, the the ball. And why are we going back to ISO ball? You know, is because he's LeBron James. He's gonna have the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter, late in possessions, and all that. It's just, it, I to me, it's not that there isn't anything to talk about off the question. It's just that we've forgotten that this is totally 100% normal. Yes. When you have one or you know if you're particularly blessed two of these guys on your team.
1: Absolutely. I mean, on. look, if let's just say
0: the Lakers
1: end up bringing in Kawhi Leonard this offseason, you don't think this is going to come up with LeBron and Kawhi or LeBron and Durant? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, th- those two are going to end up at times standing around watching each other, and they may be the two best
0: players on the planet. <laughs> Spider Man meme. Yes. Um, yeah, I just that, that's all. I mean, again, that's all I had to say about that. It's just a reminder of of what life used to be like in Los Angeles with the Lakers in the superstar era, and it's nice to be back in it. It because is. You know what? uh the 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 Western Conference is topsy turvy it 's crazy and all these other things and it 's nice to be part of the conversation this year uh and if they didn 't have leBron I, yeah they, they they probably wouldn't be and we could talk about how the, you know last year 's team could have grown into something else but it's burly out there um all right that's all we're going to start doing this again regularly that's right so we don 't have to do it all today do it tomorrow <laughs> all right see everybody next time.